Well, happy anniversary, dear. Thank you. Almost. Almost. Today on the program, Carrie and I were thinking about how do we, how do we try to get our arms around 25 years of married life, and uh, which we celebrate on Monday, the 12th. And it's like, how do we share about it in a way that would be a blessing to all of you? Well, we have three categories, the biggest surprises, the biggest struggles, and the biggest disappointments connected to our 25 years of married life. And we're going to share our answers. And we don't know what each other's answers are, but we'll do that today on the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and loving God, we thank you, praise you, love you, adore you, bless your holy name. Lord, we worship you. You're so gracious to us. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of marriage, for the sacrament of holy matrimony. And Lord, I just pray a blessing upon all of those who are listening to the program right now who are married, that, Lord, your blessing, your graces might touch them at their point of deepest need, and by blessing them with graces and gifts that they are not expecting, looking for, or even imagining that you have in store for them. And so, Lord, we ask that you would um, truly show your tender mercies and your incredible generosity to us each and all. And Lord, give us hearts full of gratitude for our spouses and for married love. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today on the program, Carrie and I were thinking about how do we how do we try to get our arms around 25 years of married life? And, and you're shaking your head. Yeah, not easy. I don't know even who came up with the idea. Was it, was it, was it me? Was it brilliant? Well, if yes, it's brilliant, it, it was must me. have been you. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> well, how do we try to categorize sort of insights that we'd want to hand on uh, about 25 years of married life? Uh, Carrie and I were married on August the 12th, 1994. And you know what that day is famous for? Uh, I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. No, don't know. Major League Baseball went on strike. (laughs) We got married and they're like, that's it. We're done. What would you be without a sports connection? Well, it's true. This day in history, look it up in Wikipedia. (laughs) Tom and Kerry got married and MLB, uh, Major League Baseball players went on strike. Is that because they weren't getting paid enough? Or, I don't remember. I don't I'm know. Joking. I don't know that part. <laughs> <I'm> joking. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> it, it has something to do with money, I'm sure. Yes. So today in the program, we thought we would share about, well, we have three categories, the biggest surprises, the biggest struggles, and the biggest disappointments connected to our 25 years of married life. And you know, right there, Carrie, I'm a little nervous. It's, like, it's not like, <laughs> it's like a biggest sources of happiness, greatest joys. It's like, is this saying something about our married oh. life, that two of the three categories are struggles and disappointments? Oh. <laughs> well, you know what? It is what it is. And, and the nice thing is we don't know each other's answers for the most part. Uh, for the most part, we don't know what each other is going to say. And I like that. I like the fact that there's a, a kind of a freshness to the, to the conversation. And the way I'm thinking about it, Carrie, is when I came up with my answers, uh, I, I was thinking about if we, were, if we were out like to dinner or out in a coffee shop with a younger couple or another married couple, and it was just like, hey, Tom, Carrie, why don't you talk about 25 years in married life in a way that's relevant or meaningful or applicable or helpful to those folks? So that's how I'm going to answer the questions. It's not just... I'm sharing them with you, but I'm sharing them because I want our listeners to be blessed by our sort of handing over to them what uh, we've learned along the way. 
And I don't think any of these answers would be surprising, right? Everyone well, that is married. Biggest surprises could be surprising. <laughs> I mean, I think these are things that most married people experience. It's just naming them in this way would be maybe a little bit interesting. Well, we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to defer I'm to nervous. you. Dear. I'm going to, do you want me to go first or you want to go first? The biggest surprises. Uh, I think you should go first because you're, um, yeah. Okay. The first one is how fast it's gone. I cannot believe we've been married 25 years. It's gone that fast. And at the, the, you know, the next thing that's going to come out of my mouth it's gone that slowly. <laughs> yeah, and maybe it's just that things have been so compressed in the last couple of years that, you know, it's it it it's a very condensed this this idea of the movement of time, but on the whole, I cannot believe Carrie that we have been married 25 years. So, I just, you know, it's like it's one of those classic things that people say, it goes by so fast, it goes by so fast. And here we are. My kids are, keep telling me how old I am. That's now become sort of a standard throwaway line in the current home. Are my teenage girls telling me how old I am? And it's funny. I have to look in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm kind of old. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we both are old, not just you, honey. <laughs> and then I do feel like I'm getting older, which is very true. Okay, so how fast it's gone, yes, and how slow, yes. I think fast for the kids, certainly. Like, I really feel like they grow up fast. Like, that 18 years in the home is so quick. Um, and it's nice to have a breath of children over many years because it feels like, for me, it slows it down because I'm not just an empty nester all of a sudden when our two oldest are gone. I still have a few more to focus on. So, so that you're saying is, that like you strategically had uh, kids so that by the time your youngest was going to be gone, your oldest are going to have grandkids kind of fill in, <laughs> fill the gaps. It sounds like, you're, it's like, it's like your parents had that kind of strategy in mind. Well, and I don't, I think it's just surprising to me that we have young ones this young and you're almost what, are you 65? How about 55? 55, 55. Honey, you just added a decade to my life. Do I look that old? Are you kidding me? You're killing me, dear. My goodness. I can't remember how old I am. So I keep So we have a six year old who's soon going to be seven. And I think just most of your friends, their kids are out of the house. People that are your age on Facebook. Yeah, we went out to dinner last night. Uh, We're recording this a couple days ago. A couple days. This is being heard on Friday the 9th, where our youngest child is turning seven years old. And we were having dinner a couple of nights ago with a couple my age, and they're empty nesters. And, and we're uh, just getting, we haven't gotten rid of one yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. And that's that not uncommon, right? There are a number of couples we know that are around that age in the mid-50s, and they're empty nesters. And it's just a very different reality because my youngest won't graduate high school until I'm 67 years old. You're shaking your head again. That's crazy. Yeah, so maybe this how fast it's gone is going to change. It's going to it's going to drag along. Okay, so that's mine. What what do you have as a what what's one of your biggest okay. surprises? Okay, uh, biggest surprise. I didn't realize how much purification was involved you have to say louder. in yeah. marriage. Oh, really? Yes, I think you know. I got we got married and it was like fun, happy, and wonderful, exciting. And then you get a few years in, and there's just this sense of okay, I'm a terribly selfish, critical, (laughs) Uh, just that foil I am to you, like I want to 
I have the idea and I desire that. And so I want to make things better, but it's just like this messed up part of who I am and how I've been born into and raised in my just own selfish tendencies. I'm like, wow, this is very purifying. So I think facing, you know, like when we have our arguments or discussions over who's right, who's wrong, whatever that happens to be, I just am like, wow, when I come away and I'm with the Holy Spirit, I just feel convicted of my own selfishness, my own need to be right, my own pride. And I just, I don't know, I just didn't realize that marriage would be so purifying. That's so interesting. That That's a, that's a surprise <laughs> to you. Well, no. how would I compare? I would have nothing to compare that to. I'm not, haven't been married before. And see, so you know the most of, you know, you know me better than anyone. And I can truly reveal myself to you. And um, my heart is laid bare. My weaknesses are right there. I mean, you know me inside and out. And so, and I, and vice versa. So we have this ground. I mean, marriage is this wonderful way in which you get to know each other intimately and all the good, but you also get to know each other in the bad. And so there's a real struggle involved or a surprise of struggle because we're hope, hopefully calling each other to a holier way of living. And I think it is a, it's a purification. I just didn't realize it'd be so purifying. <laughs> so that's funny because it's so, I mean, you this put is that down as a biggest surprise. I put it as one of my biggest struggles. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it might be down there too. I think I have, I have it down like several places. You have it down as biggest <laughs> surprise, biggest struggle, and biggest disappointment. That's great, honey. Covers that all of them. true. That well, is just the struggle. Oh, I love that. That's good. Well, I, here's how I put it under a struggle. So one of the biggest struggles that I've had is that when we, I can remember in the very early days of our marriage, I would talk about let's strive for the heights. Let's not settle for less than God's best. Let's really, you know, go all in for the Lord, right? Do you remember oh, that talk? I was so attracted to that talk. That's why we were so attracted to each other. Remember opposites <laughs> attract? And I was like, yes, yes. Oh, I love it. Let's go, man. We're, we're in. Striving for the heights. And, and you know what? 25 years in, we're still struggling with the same issues. <laughs> And it's now, like, oh and now opposites attack. It's yeah. <laughs> a terrible idea. Stop striving so high. Mm-hmm. Let's lower those expectations. Let's get more realistic. Yeah. So that's you true, just, if in just case folks missed what you said, at the beginning it was opposites attract, and now you're saying opposites attack. Yes. And that's where the that whole reality of being complementary is, you know, viva la difference, right? There's something very beautiful and life giving about the complementarity, about the differences. But they're also that that's one of the greatest sources of strain, I think, and stress in marriage is that those differences aren't always um, experienced as life giving, right? That there's like, why can't you be more outgoing and, and want to be outside more and go hiking more? I'm always saying that to you. <laughs> but I think the and important why do you always want to sit around and read books? I mean, my goodness, Carrie, come on, get out and breathe fresh air, live real life. So, but here's how I put it under the struggle the okay. striving for the heights. We still strive for the same issues. It was something that Father Mark Noonan, right, the, this priest who had a deep impact on my life, and you, you've known him too, is they said there are some fundamental dynamics that sort of at the are, that are at the core of your personality, that kind of the he calls it, you know, sort of a fundamental brokenness that doesn't get healed on earth. It'll only be healed in heaven, and that the healing on earth is a learning to live well with the brokenness. That's where the healing is. And it's a very humbling thing because it brings out our limits. Could you um, just give me an example of that? Yeah. To make it um, 
more like grounded. I need to anchor that thought because it's very profound. And I don't want to miss it. And I'm sure you've said this before, but you know how I forget things. Well, I've always applied it to like sort of my own life, but it's also true for our, some of the dynamics yes, between us. I can see that. So there are some things that we've struggled with, right? So it's like our approach to money or um, our approach to connecting versus correcting Child our kids. Yes. Or whether it's related to honey, you know, you'd only be healed if you'd let God love you, right? That kind of phrase that I would say to you for the first couple decades in our married life <laughs> and realizing, oh, I've got to pray more and let God love me more so that Carrie, you'll let God love you more and then we'll be healed. And it's like, you know what? Some of the healing is just in not pressing for an improvement or a change where, you know what? Part of the humility is saying, we have to learn to let this be okay. We've got to learn to say, we're not going to press for the heights, press for the heights. No, we're going to just humbly accept this is where we're at. And you know what? This is going to be the healing. The healing is just in accepting and affirming the reality that is. Wow. I don't know if that, if, that, if that has made it any more concrete for you. I've never... I think thought about that and just accepted that because in that sense of accepting, there's a peace, there's an entrustment, there's a, a freedom because we're not trying to move it forward. We're just trying to be okay with it. And I think that's a beautiful place to be. Um, it's very profound. Yeah. It's learning to say, I'll, I let it be okay rather than saying, I'm going to strive for the heights. So that I would say is one of the biggest struggles that I've had is learning to let it be okay that certain dynamics between us or certain aspects of your personality are just not going to be healed here on earth. Um, that I don't have to press in on that, but rather to learn to accept and, and humbly accept this is how we are here on earth for now. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, there's, there's no despair involved in that at all, but it's learning to live well with the limits of our own broken humanity. And we, I mean, we're not necessarily saying we're, you're learning to live well with each other's sin. It's not about that at all. No. It's about this just like personality. Yeah, it's, it's more about yeah, temperaments and personality. And, okay. Just, yes. to, just to be clear, I don't want right. people to think it's that. It's never settling for sin. Yeah. No, never. Okay. No, just, it's, that's not it at all. So all right, let's go back to surprises. I, I have a couple of other surprises. Um, you mentioned you mentioned it almost immediately when we talked about it. And I would say kids. I am really surprised how much I enjoy kids. When we first got married, again, I had I was 29 years old, and I was kind of on the target of towards ordination, towards the priesthood and all that. And when I left and serving the Lord, kids were kind of like, yeah, okay, I'm open to kids. But I just didn't realize how much I would love being a father and that God would bless me with so many kids. Really, just incredible. I have that same one. I think I phrased it just the continued mystery of the married life unfolding. So it's children now. I think we've yet to have grandchildren, but that is, you know, those who have grandchildren reflect on that quite a bit. Uh, so Carrie, I want to I defer back to you. What's another surprise you've had in, in 25 years of married life? I think I'm surprised at how committed God is to us, like just the power of the Holy Spirit, that utter reliance on Him. And 
surprising because there's so many breakthroughs that I feel like we've had as a couple and just individually in our own growth, maturity, and holiness. But it would not be without the, the Spirit's help, without prayer. Give without, me an example, because you spoke in very spiritual uh, language there. But hey, I'm now like, you're making me be yeah, like... Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Honey, you need to ground that. I need to anchor that in my experience, because uh, okay, I don't know what you're sure. talking about. Um, so like, uh, there was one time a few years back where I was just struggling with um, something going on between us, and I was bothered by you, and I can't be very specific, but it was just like getting to me, and I, I could tell that I was... Um, just not loving you in a way that was honoring. And oh no, be specific. Very <laughs> <laughs> I like this. This is so, a good one. This is a surprise. <laughs> What's so surprising? It was the surprise. Was just the when I went to prayer, I went to adoration. Um, I felt the Holy Spirit give me a couple of scriptures, just like that. By oh, you mean when you let God love you? Yes. All of a sudden, things start opening Stop. up. This is amazing. Um, I'm sorry. I'm when I went you. to adoration. Uh, just the scriptures and just the immediate release, the immediate uh, being set free of uh, stupid thinking um, and that freedom and that fullness of loving you like God, like my brother in Christ, like one who I am cheering on to win the race and receive the crown. It was just this breakthrough and it seemed so easy. And yet I felt like what I was struggling with was so for that time uh, suffocating or overwhelming, or I can't see the way out of this. And it was actually so silly in the end. But when you're in the midst of it, it feels very real because the emotions and the feelings kind of take hold. And then you compound that with, we had, I think at the time, um, the kids were like 15 on down. So I had a lot of little babies and toddlers and I don't know. It was just a really hard time in that in that um, time in our marriage. So, well, thank you. That, that thanks for sharing that. That was an example. That hap- that's happened more, <laughs> not just that one time. But I just wanted to give a specific example. No, it's a good example. I I would say this. I put down something very similar. I didn't say that God has been faithful to us. I said how God has been faithful to us has been so surprising to me. Uh, and what I mean is. You know, in these 25 years, I've been able to spend the majority of my career serving the church. That that has been really amazing. Like a phrase that folks who have listened to this program or heard me speak over the last 20 years here in the local area, one of the phrases that I'll use in prayer is, Oh Lord, shock me with your generosity. And I will often pray for God's shocking generosity in our married life for different circumstances. And I'm just stunned again and again and again that just even focus specifically on our own married life. So whether it was our relationship or in our family life, how God has been so shockingly generous to us in how he has provided for us financially, how he has provided for us um, homes, friends, uh, uh, just health, uh, even just miraculous ways that he's intervened to just make it super clear. This is from me. This is from me. This isn't from you. You didn't earn it, deserve it, figure it out, make it happen. This came from me as a gift. And so... Even just the whole reality of what we were talking about last last week about the the this home that we're in right now that we're moving from, 
how God's shocking generosity went from us saying, well, we have to rent the house out to someone knocking on the door saying, can I buy the house? I mean, how cool is that? Buy the house as it is. I don't have to clean carpets and paint walls. And and <laughs> you don't have to stage it uh, and you don't have to yes. market it and all of that. It's like, wow, let God market the home for you. That is just really amazing. And I think just how we found our new house, um, the one house that fell through and then having this other house show up that just was so incredibly fitting and um, wow, just the Lord saved us from just a bad purchase. Well, saved us from ourselves, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it like, okay, we got to make this happen. We got to do this. We got to do this. And the Lord's like, no, 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 just slow down. Okay, I got to put the brakes on this one. And I got to show you the house I have for you, which was there, but we weren't seeing it. And it's just like, wow, God, you're just, what, how, so I just, I want, I want you to hear that folks that are listening, that, you know, the amazing things that surprised us in our married life are that God is so shockingly generous and faithful to you when you give him room, when you ask him, when you permit him, when you allow him, when you invite him. He, the Father wants to show you just who he is as your father in your married life when you let him. And so ask, seek, and knock for that shocking generosity of God just give him room, you know? It's just like, don't live a life another day without making room for that. So do you have any other uh, surprises, Carrie? Yeah, and I think this is going to develop over time. But I, for me, Tom, it's the responsibility of passing on the faith. And I know that just sounds kind of simple, straightforward, but I'm just surprised at how much God entrusts into our hands by his grace to bring faith to our home and to our kids. Because I think we realize that it just doesn't happen and you would assume it did if you go to mass every Sunday and you pray as a family and they're in a Catholic school or you're homeschooling that your kids will just attain a level of faith and maturity. And I I think I'm surprised by the amount of work it is, <laughs> just the amount of um, continued focus and effort and relentlessness with God and wrestling with him and saying, hey, where are you? We need you to show up here. These kids are getting, they're teen, hey, did you hear they're teenagers? <laughs> and so let I, me see if I get this right. The 25 years of married <laughs> life, so far your biggest surprises are, I don't know what would be so hard, number one. Number two was, I, I don't realize that I need to be healed so yeah. badly of things. Number three, how much work I have to do. It's a really encouraging you program, dear. forgot the Holy Spirit's commitment Oh, yeah, to yeah the Holy Spirit's commitment to you. He's, that's right. He's helping me with yes. all these breakthroughs. Well, that's funny because I have a, a similar one. I say how much formation I didn't receive about the call to be married. And okay. It, that's partly why I'm so surprised. It's like, wow, we have to figure this out. And this is a lot of reading and researching. Well, and, and we did searching. so much. I mean, I had all those years in the seminary. I had two years in the household. I had uh, th- all these years studying theology and all this. And it's like, you figure, all right, here's a guy who's kind of got a lot of formation and background and understanding of marriage. And yet I couldn't say 25 years ago, something as simple as the one who's called to be married is called to lead, provide, and protect his family. That's simple. Lead, provide, and protect his family in every dimension. Well, and I think you learned what that meant over time and living through the fire, sorry, living through the difficulty. Uh, I, Tom, I think this is part of the beauty of marriage, a surprise of, wow, we are called, we are maturing. You know, it's this call to holiness. But I feel like there's a surprise of, wow, God is actually maturing us. And there's wisdom in our, you know, those who have gone before us that are older because 
they've lived through this teenage year into the young adult years, into the married life years of their in-laws. And it's okay, just- you do realize we're the older ones now and there are folks younger uh, than us listening. And I, I want to say to you, please hear me. I beg you. You are called to lead your family. That means go first. That means do more on their behalf. You're called to provide and protect your family spiritually. And that's going to mean hidden penance, reparation, all kinds of sacrificial prayer that will never be visible to them, never be known to them. And that'll roll away the stone of so many spiritual blockages that are holding your family back. Now, maybe I'm just saying that because that's very alive in me it right is. now. Well, and Tom, you see it and you experience it with a depth. There's a there's an unfolding in that in your life, in your soul, that is goes deeper than I think some of us would just say, oh, provide, I'm going to provide a house and I'm going to provide well, uh, you education. Well, you just said it regarding like... Um, the idea that we're the primary formers of the faith lives of our kids, so we've got to form and educate them just to be good human beings and to be holy saints of God and to be formed in the faith. And it's like, we just didn't realize how intentional, strategic, determined, focused, consistent, persistent, and, and all comprehensive we need to be if we're going to raise our kids just to make it. I think that leads into probably one of our disappointments. Okay, so why don't we translate? Why don't we transfer to the biggest struggles? We'll get to disappointments. Okay, we'll come around to now, that. Now, how do you determine struggle from disappointment? Oh, I'll tell you. You'll hear it. <laughs> then why did you go first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I want to hear this. So, one of my biggest struggles here. Just uh, I'll start with one that's you know a lot more grounded and just like simple life. Um, I, one of my biggest struggles, uh, as I look back on my 25 years is getting in shape and staying in shape. And I think that that's something that has unfolded as the years have unfolded and my waist size has unfolded and then it has re rest rest restricted and then it's gone up and down. It's so funny. I meet people who are like, oh, Tom, you look so good. And I'm like, I just gained another 20 pounds. And they're like, well, compared to where I was, I'm actually looking pretty good because <laughs> I'm 20 pounds less than I was when the last time you saw me. So That's I would funny. say that, um, and I'm saying that maybe because right now I went jogging a month ago and just pulled my muscle, I thought slightly in my calf. And it's a month later and it's still bothering me. And it's like, wow, my recovery time is so much longer and being able to lose weight is so much harder and keeping it off seems to be such a bigger struggle and on and on it goes. Yeah, I can see what you mean by that. Okay, Carrie, it's now your turn. What would you identify as um, one of the biggest struggles in your 25 okay. years of marriage? Like I was saying, <laughs> uh, I think for us, um, infertility for four this years. This is for you now, this isn't for us. Speak for yourself. Well, I was the one that was infertile, so I guess it does apply to me. And uh, I didn't mean it like that, but I that's know, okay. I know. Um, and then um, the amount of just the miscarriages that we underwent, that was a real struggle, and it seems far beyond us or behind us. But when I start to talk about it, it becomes very much in the forefront and real. I think especially because I feel connected to those babies in a supernatural way, in a like I really know we will see them again. And so there's this way in which it it's a struggle in that they're not here and it's a struggle in that we went what we went through and just the during that time there was a lot of pressure on our marriage. And yeah, that was absolutely a stress, stress, a pressure and anxiety and a sadness. All of those things. A real suffering. Yes. Was the four plus years of infertility 
and then the multiple miscarriages, more kids in heaven than on earth. And so, yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a mystery. That was seven or eight years of, of real pain and suffering in our married life. And I think, uh, the miscarriages went on, well, yeah, well, so No Mary Grace was 13, well, and then we had one after Lily was born. So about 17 years of miscarriages. That's true. So, yeah, I was thinking when the majority had gone, but uh, yeah. It uh, continued in, of, in it, between. It absolutely, it's true. Isn't that funny? A it's few just of like the I kids, was thinking, well. Like between Lucy and Annalise, there mm-hmm. was one, and Annalise and John Luke, yeah. So, yeah, that was that. That is a mystery. That'll be. I mean, quite amazing when we get to heaven and see how God, you know, it came to fruition. But right now, or not actually right now, in our past, in those first years, that was very hard. Yeah, that fair enough. So for me, when I think about struggles and related to kids, it would be, um, for me, the struggle to be a good father to teenagers. And... Again, it was something that, you know, we've kind of joked about it over the last couple of years where it's like, where's the handbook, right? Where's the, where's the handbook for being a good father to teenagers? Because things were called forth from me with regards to the things that have unfolded in our family life in the last couple of years that were like disruptions of the dynamics that we had developed, our sort of back and forth flow, the, you know, the way that we had sort of settled into the, our complementarity. We were on cruise control. Just, well, things were kind of, yeah, well, things <laughs> worked, joking. right? And then it was like, you know, we talked about that idea of the, like in, uh, in Fortnite, right? It's the same game, but the rules had changed. And so what was working then stopped working now. And so for me, it meant having to, come out of myself and, and not settle for what worked previously. And that was, that was a really, really hard struggle where, it, you know, it, going to therapy, right? That was not something that I, I always looked down on that. You know, it's like, oh, that, that's for people who are weak or broken. That's not for me, the healthy, holy, you know, super, I, I got superpowers, right? No, I need help. And so thanks be to God for that. But that clearly was uh, one of the biggest struggles in our 25 years. I think that also led into our marriage. And I think you just referred to that, that that was a real struggle between us as to how to best love our teenagers during their their trials. And it's interesting because we're just still beginning the journey. I know many are listening that are older than us that, you know, have are like 10, 20, 30 years ahead of us. And, you know, we haven't really had some of the main major struggles that some families have had. I, I don't even think of diseases or, I mean, you could say infertility, but um, just bad health, financial crisis. Uh, right. Addictions. Way, addi- yeah. It's so, it's like yeah. we're yet to fully encounter some of these struggles ahead, but I feel like we're far enough in where the roots are deep and we've got a lot of bandwidth <laughs> and a lot of experience just to say, we know our God is faithful and he is true. Um, but just that struggle in our own marriage, that was hard. All right, Carrie, biggest disappointments. You want to go first? Sure. Uh, let's see. What, what's, I have a big list here. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of my biggest disappointments is that earlier on in my married life, or as a mom, I wasn't able to connect with my children in a way that I realize now is important. And I didn't see the fruit of that until later. And when I say connect, you know, I'm with my kids all the time. I'm home full time. Uh, I was homeschooling some of them. 
But I think I was busy about many things and that led me to, you know, I love to do activities and events and create fun and outings and we were busy with sports. But in all that um, time, just the quieter heart-to-heart conversations um, were happening, but not to the point where um, the kids um, felt so connected. And I think also, Tom, part of that disappointment is I sometimes would spend more time giving them directions, like pick up this, take out that, did you do this, did you do that? A lot more um, kind of pushing them down the, the daily tasks of what was going on in the house to keep it up and running. And I think I compromised some of that, like having the house in order and having some sense of peace with just the environment in place over, I compromised that with over connecting to their heart and really seeing them as a person. And that's just my own personal maturity. And I think that's also temperament. It's your Enneagram, it's your Myers-Briggs, it's your, you know, love language. It has to do with a lot of that and just allowing the Lord again to purify that and to show me how to be a mom in a, a bigger way, in a better way. And I think that was just disappointing that I felt like, you know, some, if I could go back, I felt like, you know, some of those years with our first few children in learning that were, um, they're just all wasted. It was just a no. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I just, I just can see so much better how I connect with my younger kids. Um, you know, like seven, eight, nine, or even five, six, seven, eight, nine. So well, and I think part of that goes to our complementarity again, right? And something that we've shared quite a bit on the radio program in the last year ish is that you are more the corrector, the bad cop. I was more the correct, the connector the one, the good cop, the one that would like, let's hang around, let's, let's play, hang have fun let's enjoy have each other. And, oh, let's go play, you know, rather than and like, who's cleaning the kitchen? And who's going <laughs> to do the chores? And let's be, be practical. <laughs> let's be functional. Oh, let's I, be efficient. Well, how about it's 1030, 11 at night. And I'm like, hey, Tom, uh, are we gonna put the kids to bed? Or and you're like, well, no, we haven't prayed yet. And I'm like, they do have school tomorrow. <laughs> Is anybody going to do anything about this? And so there was this way in which I was sometimes trying to keep things going and so i got firm that sounds like you're justifying what's uh, yeah okay so so just to say then that again that and so i talked about one of my biggest struggles was for me to move over to that side of the field the playing field and to be more the one who expresses authority by correcting and so that was so that's part of our dynamic so definitely worth reflecting on folks to be thinking about how dynamics that are fundamental in a married life and in family life like who's the good cop and the bad cop, the connector and the corrector, and how does that play itself out, and what are some of the, not just the strengths, but what are some of the losses that come with that? Yeah, it's just so great to be aware of it, you know, just to grow in awareness, and I just, how could you know that as a young, what, 23-year-old? Although I do feel like some of my kids, especially with all the talk about personality types that go around with kids today, I feel like some of the younger generation of kids kids, (laughs) kids, <laughs> 30-year-olds, <laughs> seem to know more about this. And I feel like there's a lot more resources available to moms. Right. And you know what? I think, both though, the challenge for them will be to turn information into insight. Right. You can read all that stuff and take it in, but to really let it be integrated into my whole approach to things, my consciousness, my behaviors, right? That just takes time. Yeah. And I th- so. also think just taking it in and being able to be discerning, like, yeah. not letting some of it take you in the wrong direction. That's fair. So speaking of directions, okay. uh, that's one of the, my biggest appointments is disappointments is uh, not living in Boston. 
So when you and I discerned early on when we left D.C., we were called to be here. I do believe that was what God willed for us, that that was his plan for us. And I'm, I certainly feel that being here has been a blessing. But one of the sadnesses or disappointments is that we've lived most of our married life and um, all of our lives with our kids not near my parents. So my mom loves kids, right? Yes. And so she died, went home to God just almost two years ago. And um, and so she just would always say in our married life, when are you moving to Boston? When are you moving to Boston? And when we discerned that about 10, 12 years ago, um, a potential move to Boston, she was so excited. And so with many kids and with me working in ministry and having a crazy busy life like we had, it wasn't easy for us to get back there. And so the number of times we actually went back as a whole family certainly diminished as the number of kids grew. And then we would have my parents come out until their health diminished. Yeah, they came out with every baby and all the way up to Annalise. No, I think even Luciana, they came out every year. And then we would only go back every other year. And then that sometimes you would take a trip with like two or three kids during the winter or Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, but it wasn't like we lived three hours and we could see them at Easter or Thanksgiving or Christmas. So this actually brings us a little bit to our current situation, right? So we're moving to, you know, Spokane slash Coeur d'Alene, just that whole corridor there. And one of the reasons is economics, that it's the cost of living is just a lot less and community that there's just a big, strong set of Catholic families. And it's growing every almost every day. Like we're getting another text message or email saying we're moving or we're, we're discerning or we'll be there next year or another family's coming. And it is just becoming a destination for many intentional, strategic, determined Catholic families who are saying we want to live Catholic identity and we want to live Catholic community and we want to form Catholic culture to the extent that we can do so here and now. Great. So that means there's going to be more opportunity for our kids to find a spouse. We need to up those numbers That's so that right. they Come. live by us. I was saying to Tom. Should we post pictures of our kids? Come on now. You guys got 17-year-old <laughs> boys out there that love the Lord and love their Catholic <laughs> faith. Style. Come to see. Come to, come to Spokane. Um, come to Coeur d'Alene. I was saying to you, I said, well, what happens if your mom and dad had offered us like a down payment on a house like you know if you guys move to boston versus seattle we're going to help you with your down payment or we're going to like financially incentivize us because at the time we could have gone either place and i was using that 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 brainstorm to say okay is there anything we can do to help our kids say okay we're going to live near you in the spokane valley coeur area and um, we're really going to, you know, lock down. I mean, I feel like because it's going to be less expensive to live there and hopefully they'll go to school, um, I don't know, somewhere not too, too far, but who knows how that well, all and, plays and out. The way we kind of strategized it is being around a bunch of big Catholic families, they're going to meet, hopefully, some potential mates, but spouses. But then if not, they're going to hopefully be drawn to good, solid Catholic colleges where they're going to meet similarly intentional Catholics that then they would consider that area as an attractive landing point for them and their own vision of their married life. So just upping the odds to avoid that kind of disappointment in our lives. 
that, yeah. you know, it, it's not likely that they're all going to live near us. <laughs> but <laughs> if we get three be, or four, hey. Be careful what we hope I know, for. Really, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, there's no more room. Only three of you can come for Christmas Carrie, dinner. <laughs> there's lots of acreage in northern Idaho. So, okay. So that's one of my disappointments. Um, here's another quick one that I lost my wedding ring. You know, it's a, it's a tiny one, but it's a meaningful one. That the, the, the ring that I uh, married you with, um, I hurt my finger playing basketball. It swelled up. They had to cut it at the fire station because it was turning black and blue, my finger. And so I had a cut in my wedding ring, and it slipped off at some point. And so I bought a ring that looks an awful lot like it, but since I bought it right out of the case, it wasn't sized right, so it's a little bit loose. I think they can fit that for you. They can shrink no, it. No, I don't know if they can. Like, uh, tighten well, it or something? They, they I did asked the them about that. Oh, and they said no. Well, when they bought it, they're like, no, buy it as is. Okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because it was a nice deal. <laughs> Where'd you get it out of the, the gumball machine? Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. So it looks in. like my wedding. But I haven't gotten this one blessed yet either. Okay. So that's just a, that's a, just like a sadness, like a little disappointment. Okay. We're talking about biggest disappointments. So what's a, what's another disappointment in 25 years? Uh, okay. Um, this is just, I don't know. I feel like I had to go through it or live it to really learn it. But I feel like I wasted time. And for me, that would be, um, doing shopping, <laughs> going shopping. I used to love shopping. Now I don't. So that's a good thing. But um, I just felt like I spent a lot of time um, picking out things and making the girls, you know, cute baskets for Easter or, you know, Christmas shopping and clothes shopping. I don't even know. I think that was what I did when I was overwhelmed and I would get out and you would take all the kids or we'd have a babysitter come in so I could get a break. And so those those hours, and it wasn't like a ton of hours, but you know, four, four hours a week, five hours a week, I'd, you know, a couple times during the week, I'd go get groceries and whatnot. Then I'd go to Target or TJ Maxx or somewhere and just look at cute, adorable things. And it was a pleasure, but I just felt like I didn't take that time to do something more fruitful. And so... I don't know. I just felt like that's lost time that I can't gain back. And I think on top of that, uh, another disappointment would be I would drink more than I think would be appropriate, especially after our last one was born, Liliana. And I really cut back on alcohol a a ton. (laughs) I was such a drunk. No, (laughs) Um, but I just felt like I spent many um, days or weeks, weekends um, having a couple glasses of wine and it wasn't terrible or anything it was it wasn't like out of control but I just felt like I wasn't the best mom and I wasn't the best wife and I just I don't know I just felt like I was on cruising control or just kind of chilling for a few years there and the Lord really um, has allowed me to just not be caught up in that and so that's a gift but I don't know I just felt like that's disappointing to me that I struggled with it or that it was a part of something I wish it wasn't well, that's really humble, Carrie, sharing what you just shared. Uh, you know, very raw, very uh, very transparent. Is that all right? If no, I it's really beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> that's very beautiful. I mean, I think a lot of people struggle well, with I alcohol, and thing. I don't no, know. I put I just... down the same thing that uh, a better steward of time. Okay, that yeah. I feel like the one of the biggest disappointments in my life is time wasted, time wasted on worldly stuff, and whether that was movies. Like just watching movies. Yes, at that would night, be another one. Or movies or TV shows at just night. A waste. Rather than praying. Yes. Like rather than adoration. Rather than and then just like being slow to the game around the whole concept of reparation. 
You know what, Tom, um, I, I wonder if it had to do with just having a lot of little kids at that time, because I feel like we were so spent, like, physically. Um, now it's a different kind of spent with teenagers, but with toddlers, it was just the constant, constant, constant need of holding and feeding and carrying and attending to. And so it really did never, never let up. And so there was a way in which I just needed the quote unquote me time, or I just needed to take a break and watch a show at night with you or get out of the house. And so it was just a way for me to just catch my breath. So I don't think, you know, people are out there doing all this stuff. I, I'm not, I don't want people to feel um, bad. I just feel like I wish it wasn't so. I wish when looking back, I wish I didn't have to take time to do that. I could have filled it with more fruitful mind um, growing things. Yeah. Well, and when, when you just characterized it like that, I think that's what I used. And some of it was maybe rationalizing or justifying. Like for me, because I, I worked several jobs yes. and had all the kids and you know, doing ministry stuff is day, night, weekends, you right? You were very, you worked very hard. For, I mean, a few years I was like, okay, <laughs> this is not going to be happening Well, and the, <laughs> and the thing was, what that, that actually led me into something that if it wasn't, if even if it wasn't a sin, it was a waste. And that was playing poker. That was something that like uh, Texas Hold'em became a kind of a big thing in the early 2000s. And, um, and then just having casinos around here, um, I was never really drawn much to like go gamble at casinos. But the idea of playing poker cards um, had that person, you know, like, oh, you can figure stuff out. Um, and it was something that I could do late at night when everyone was asleep. So I felt like I could do it in a way that was not going to intrude on family or on uh, my work life. But and even if that all that was true, it was still a waste of time. Um, there were other, I, I guess I want to call them healthier ways for me to have spent my time and energy and not have allowed that to crowd into my life. And so I'm grateful. I mean, I don't do it anymore. Yes. Um, but I, I, there are you know, a number of years in there where I would go to the ca to casino to play poker well and i think um, you know just the, the shopping drinking gambling <laughs> vegas baby i feel like there's all these kinds of pulls that we have and you know maybe it's our season in life where we're kind of looking forward and so i think you know one of the disappointments is community that now we have to get up and move i mean that's a real disappointment for us to leave my home your second home and have to take all our family and you know because of the crisis in the church and in the culture and i don't know i think I don't want to leave this on a sad note, but I feel like God has so much more for us. I feel like, you know, if you want to say the biggest joy, it's that this adventure that we're on, this journey that we're on is yet to be, it's yet to yeah. be told. It's still well, unfolding. I think that, that's a great turning point because on the one hand, I could say that like one of my greatest disappointments is, I'd put it in this question, has it really come to that? Has it really come to that? that we actually have to uproot our family and move to Northern Idaho slash Spokane Valley area in order to protect, defend, form, foster our kids in the Catholic faith. To give them the best to chance. To give them the best chance the best to be able to do that. Right, and to pull them out of toxic environments. And, and is, has it really come to that? And, and I could look at that as a disappointment. But on the other hand, for me, when I take a look at where are we headed, 
and and to end on this point of like what does the horizon show i was gonna say the next 25 years but let's just say the horizon (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i have 25 years but the horizon for me is one of like radical engagement like if there is a sense of i am not going to waste time it is no no half measures it is not business as usual that's what I'm excited about. I think for me, Tom, that's one of my biggest surprises is that we've, in marriage, have always had this sense of adventure or purpose or maybe mission. Like, it wasn't just get married and enjoy each other and, you know, have, and have kids nice and retire. And, and yeah. There was always this pressing sense that God has us for a purpose, a plan, and there's something that he's about that's beyond what we can understand or comprehend in the moment. And, you know, so I think... And knowing how he's given this, I just don't feel like I was a good steward, but I feel like we are turning the corner. I feel like there is a new horizon. We are going to the other side of the mountains. <laughs> and there is this great joy and, and peace and um, sense of hope that I have felt dissipate and lo- I've lost for a few years. And so I'm really um, just excited or not, that's not the right word. I'm just really anticipating God's goodness in in hand upon us like this is right i think there's you know you talk about this like wake up call i think there's been a kind of lethargy spiritually maybe a little bit um that has happened and we've just allowed the world with this diabolically disorienting anti-gospel ta-da how's that for <laughs> a like phrase i know really, i like those those are great <laughs> phrases this diabolically disorienting anti-gospel that the world, the culture, that the Seattle area is just spewing forth and it's bringing about a cultural tsunami that is just undermining, overthrowing, and savaging the lives of, our, of young people today. And you know what? No, no, done. I, I'm just done not speaking in a timid voice. I'm just done. Relentlessly positive is turning into reverently prophetic, you know, <laughs> done. All right, Lord, I got it. I, I'm got it. And we're, we're pushing in all in. So that's what I'm excited about for our married life carries to see how the Lord is going to unfold that call, um, that kind of call in our married life. Yeah. I mean, again, I can't believe it's 25. We're we are going to be going to uh, Portland for the weekend. We have a couple of things that we're going to be doing. Is that down disappointing there. or surprising? Yeah, or? <laughs> I thought we'd be like going to Rome, or I thought we'd go to Hawaii since we've never been there as a couple. And we've talked about our 25th anniversary yeah. for like oh yeah, years what's going to happen? Years. Saving money for <laughs> it, planning for it, and what are we doing? We're like, uh, well, we should go. Do somewhere. we have a hotel yet? Yeah, <laughs> we where should, are we going to stay? We have like we a travel get away for two days. <laughs> we have to go somewhere. It's 25, but we are going to renew our vows on Saturday have a special time with our kids and and just really kind of cement that season in our life all right thanks so much for listening god bless your day